Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you on how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word freedom and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Marianne Pruitt. She is the founder and owner of Mosaic Media Agency. Got over 40 team members at their agency. They do uh, media buying among uh, other services. They work with budgets from a few thousand dollars to, as we will quickly learn, over $100 million budgets. So if you're curious about what happens inside of an agency that's managing a $100 million budget, Mary is going to tell us all about that and more on today's episode. Mary, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So I... I um. I got to I got to start. I mean, $100 million, you probably can't talk about who the client was, all that good stuff. No. Um, but like, what does that take? Like, what, 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 where does that go? Oh. Right? Is that like a Super Bowl ad? Is that like a lot of Super Bowl ads? Like, what is, what does a $100 million budget yeah. get us these days? It's quite a few, um, not as much as you would think. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's a, it's multifaceted. Usually when you're in budgets, even in the tens of millions, you're looking at omni channel. And it's broad approach, right? And it's not just your digital side. You are going to have traditional factors that are going to play into it. And making sure that you have the team to support it is really important. The bigger the budgets, frankly, I I look at it like this, even small budgets to big budgets, you're wanting to find the same goals. What are the goals and the things that you're trying to accomplish at the end of the day? That's good media buying. And that's just good media 101 is what are the goals of the clients? What are the goals that you're trying to accomplish? Where are you headed? Tens of millions, hundreds of millions, it doesn't matter. Like it's just that important to make sure that you have that clear, defined goal ahead of time. And then you're breaking it down. I mean, when you're talking huge budgets, you're talking multi market, national, typically that's the process of what you're looking at. Um, and what's that strategy breakout? Are you just going broad national? Are you breaking it regionally? Um, any local targeting? So you really are looking at the strategy side of it. And frankly, doesn't matter how much budget you have. That's what you should be looking at it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I feel like there's um, a friend of mine that that runs a, a media, an ad agency. Uh, he kind of likened it to, you know, moving gold down, like, like having gold in a cart and kind of moving it down a hallway. Like he was kind of like, it doesn't really matter how much gold is on the cart, right? You still got like your cart. You're just like moving it down the hallway. Yeah. Was, is there is there some truth to that in terms of like media buy budgets? Sure. There is, I mean, you have to be looking at strategy no matter what level you're looking at. And frankly, I actually think that for just the bigger, larger budgets, there's more options, there's more things to do. There's a lot of opportunity, a lot of different things that you can think outside of the box. 
The smaller budgets are when you have to think through, okay, what are the nitty gritty of what you're going to do and how much in the strategy of that? So it doesn't matter the size of the budget. Like you're just looking at, okay, how big is this umbrella that I'm opening up? How big is this that I'm building? It's either I'm building, am I building the Golden Gate Bridge or am I building a little county Woodbridge? Like, what am I looking at? What are those goals? And you do, I wouldn't say like it's the gold, you know, the gold cart. I like that analogy because you're just adding more in and you're just going. You always, if you're good at media buying, you are, you already have, okay, foundationally, this is what we're going to look at. That doesn't change no matter what the sizes are. I don't care if you're a big brand, if you're a small brand, look at this overall. What is our goal with this? What is my return on this? What am I looking at? And frankly, I would say this, bigger budgets, a lot of people go, oh my gosh, it's so much money. And they don't think past, okay, well, it doesn't matter. It's so much money. It doesn't matter. We don't have to have to think about strategy. We don't have to think about those things. No, you do. You have to think those things through. Yeah, you may have, but think about how much more money you can make off of those types of budgets. So brand awareness, is it brand awareness? Is that your goal? Is it sales conversions? What are you doing with that money? How much money are you looking at here? Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. How much does the the size of the budget change in terms of your the team that you have on an account? I mean, is it kind of based on like what channels you're covering and how people uh, you know manage or organize within that space? Like, how does your agency organize around varying sizes of budgets? Yeah, you have to look at making sure it's a bigger lift, right? And there is more there is more that's going to go into it because it's so omnichannel. And if you're breaking it down, okay, if I'm just going to look at national, then am I breaking it down regionally? It's a lot of labor that actually goes into it, even if it's just digital. Like you're, there's a lot of research tools. There's a lot of different things that have to go into it uh, to plan for those types of brands and to, pl- to put those types of plans together. So I think like anything for agencies and for agencies as a whole, and frankly, most of our clients are agencies. That's who we work with the most. So we work a lot with digital agencies to help carry the traditional side and vice versa. But um, digital agencies, the traditional media is not dead. And how do we do, how do we work these two together to make sure that they're there? But when you're looking at the strategy and the team that you're putting behind it, I think the basics are always there. You're looking from small to large, it doesn't matter. Those basics are there. And you want to make sure that you're putting your key players for what's the right fit for what the goals are. For that, but yeah, you have to scale. I mean, there's no question that you have to be prepared for that when you're dealing with big budgets. You mentioned you help, you know, digital agencies and other kind of agencies with the traditional side. What 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 is in the traditional bucket? How 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 do I know if it's traditional or non-traditional uh, advertising? I love it that you you even ask that because so many people don't put media in buckets, and it really in today's world it is. When I started my career over 20 years ago, it was it was media. Okay. And everything was it. We didn't have digital aspects. We didn't have the targeting that we have now, right? And now there's so much we can do with media. But on the traditional front, 
And what we're seeing hasn't died, but has made comebacks. So, and we have to use each tactic for strength. So in that traditional bucket, and I usually do break things down into buckets, actually. So I love it that you said that. But you have TV, you have print, you have radio, you have outdoor, anything that's experiential, that's traditional. Anything that's that tangible, everyday, it's right here, print, that's there. Then you have your social channels. And I think of that as a bucket in itself, a social, you know, video, all those things in social that goes into it. And then you have your digital space. And I put break that into other categories as well. You have programmatic and you have Google. Don't treat them the same. They are not always the same. They're different platforms and different things at what you're doing. So um, on the traditional front, though, what's really important is how is that complementing our digital space? And what are we doing with that? How are we complementing that? And how are we making that happen? So the traditional front of it in COVID and during the pandemic, we saw a huge uprising of traditional again. And we saw a huge uprising in digital, but print made a huge comeback, huge comeback with people in targeting um, their habits and what they're doing. And then we can use digital to then counteract that, right? And to to multi-omni-channel approach it. Uh, TV, live sports. Was, yeah. I guess, what's the 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 why behind, I mean, print, okay. I mean, was just people being at home more and like sitting around reading magazines and newspapers or what was... Well, you know, it was kind of... Well, so if we look at the pandemic, the very beginning of it, we actually saw an evolution, um, multi-generational. I talk about generational marketing all the time. And for the first time in American history, the fact that we have some, we have so many generations still working with expendable cash to spend, and we shouldn't be targeting them all the same. But what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic was an evolution that would probably have taken 10 to 20 years to get onto digital, to get onto digital to the level that we were getting on, especially in our older generations. Okay. So we saw our older generations get onto social media. They probably would have never gotten on it because that was the only way that they could connect with family. That was the only way that they could stay connected. They were doing more screen time. There was a lot of things of connections there. So then what happens is we see that um, over time, and we see this anytime anything catastrophic happens in history, our overconsumption of information goes up. We want more information. We want to gather it however we possibly can. It's human nature. We feel it's that fight or flight feel, right? We get into that. We want to gather more information. Well, what we started to see on our younger generations that were already on our digital channels a lot, already maybe streaming a little bit more, already cord cutters, they started to look at new and old traditional formats as if they were new. Okay. So they started to look at print. They started to look at mail. They started to look at radio. What is this this newspaper? What is this magazine? They Did you know people what send these? This? <laughs> what is this print? There, there's a travel magazine? What? Who Interesting. Uh, so, so young people almost getting rejecting like the screen or or wanting wanting to compliment it at some. They wanted that escape. There was this um, where they were already there. That wasn't the new dopamine hit for them. They were already there. They were already consuming media. They were already consuming it in that digital world. And what we see now too is them consuming traditional formats, maybe in a digital way online or social media through, you know, various things. We saw TV live events became huge again. And, you know, if you're not using OTT, and that's when that's when traditional and digital kind of mix with OTT and over-the-top television and, you know, connected TV, that's a format of TV. Don't, don't buy OTT from your TV rep. Find a good partner that knows how to do OTT. 
I'm a big, that's a soapbox. I don't want to get on. Uh, but <laughs> Over the top, you're talking about like a cable box? Like that's what the... So I'm not over the top streaming television. So Got it's streaming. It. It's your it's your OTT connected TV. You are streaming. Don't buy it from your local TV rep. Buy it with a programmatic partner that knows how to target and knows how to do it well. Got it. Okay, I see what you're saying. Like, like if you want to advertise and, and reach... Yeah, but that's where that's where digital and traditional are starting to meet a little yeah. bit more. So how, where is it digital? Where is it traditional? But when it comes to live events, that's really important. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'd love to kind of dig in a little bit on this, the multi-generational. I know you've got, you've got some good material on that. I mean... Because I think that this this matters a lot for depending on what kind of customer you're trying to reach for your clients, whether you're trying to help your clients reach these different types of customers or even for your agency, you know, there's a lot of agencies that are that are struggling to find the right clients, right? They're they're getting very young entrepreneurs, startup businesses, right? People that maybe don't have an established business. They don't have a lot of money because they're hanging out in you know, Facebook groups. So they're on TikTok, right? It's like, it's really cool right. stuff. Like people are, are sharing really great content, but they're not meeting like business owners who are running 10 or $50 million a year enterprises, right? And they, they right. think that nobody has budgets, right? That's a really common right. thing I hear is like early stage agencies are like, well, yeah, but everybody I, I meet like doesn't have, they don't have a, a real budget to help, you know, build their website or their e-commerce store, and I'm like, well, where are you spending your time? And they say, well, I'm, exactly. you know, I'm hanging out on TikTok. It's like, well, okay, yeah. right? Well, so, so your what, audience is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So. What are things to think about in terms of the reaching multi-generational audiences? So the generational side of it is, it's very fascinating to look at because we have um, individuals that are entering their 80s that still have retirement projects that are jobs. And then we have all the way down to 16-year-old kids that have jobs. That's a wide span that, frankly, America hasn't had before in reality because people are living longer, but also because retirement is kind of a way of life where even if you retire, well, I still have the side project or I still... like I don't want to be completely done. I can't tell you how many times I hear entrepreneurs as they start to get closer in their 70s and then their 80s that I've known, these are business people that have been around for a long time. They're like, well, what would I do if I, if I completely stopped? Eh. Like I'll retire over here, but I don't want to be done. And so we see that um, generationally and we see that start trickling down. How does that affect the rest of the generations? But each generation is consuming media differently. And we have to approach it that way. Just like agencies, we have to approach, okay, who is our audience? And we have to go after that audience. So, you know, like for me, the reason why I think I, I start, I started small. We started very small. And I think the reason why I still, because you asked me at the beginning of this, why, you know, you take big budgets and small budgets? Like why? And I think for me, my heart is helping those small agencies get to that point of growing, right? And get to that point of revenue and that we become that revenue. We give you additional sources of revenue that we can help you coach through and offer to your clients. But what you have to do and actually as an agency owner is go through that journey of who is my audience? Who is my customer? And the more niched you get, the better. Um, I heard someone say this a while ago, niches get riches and that is it. And just own it. And it is, you've got to, who is it that you are? That doesn't mean that you, so 
focus on what your niche is, who you want to be as an agency. That doesn't mean you have to be everything to that niche. Then surround yourself with partners that can help you in it. So Mm. in today's world, collaboration is something that we haven't embraced enough. We're starting to, but we haven't embraced it as much as we possibly could, right? And when you think about it and you see how many people are really partnering together, finding the right partners to work together where your strengths may not be. If you, let's say you have a niche, I'm trying to think of, you know, you you reach lawyers and that is your digital agency's firm. Like that's all they do is help lawyers get more clients, okay? So that doesn't mean you have, you can be great in the content development of digital. You can maybe be fine in social purchasing. Okay, maybe you don't have the programmatic targeting, find a partner that does. Maybe you don't know how to do radio, find the partner that does. Maybe you don't do great creative, find the partner that does. And that's okay. Like it's an okay, and it you'll find it adds revenue to your bottom line because you're able, if you find the right partners, you're going to add revenue to your bottom line that, and you're not adding overhead. So I think there's this notion of, well, I want to become an agency that is so big or so like, I have to have all this overhead. I have to have all these different things. You don't. Just be very good at what you want to be, what you want your agency to be, and then build the team around that. And it can be contractors It can be partners. It can be so many different things that are actually generating revenue for your agency and growing it. Yeah, love that, Marianne. That's that's awesome. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. Insights and advice. Uh, I'm curious, 40 people in terms of your agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what do you, what's like one thing that you did that you think had a big impact on scale? I mean, we've heard some stuff around niching. Obviously, we've talked about generational. Yeah. But like in terms of your business, like behind the scenes, maybe something that you had struggled with or a bottleneck that you were able to break through. What's, what's like one thing that really helped you over the last few years? A couple of things is always know your numbers. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, we don't always know our numbers like the back of our hand. Like you should know where's your bottom line, where's your AGI. And then that tells you on how to scale, right? So I had a mentor years ago when I was very young in agency world and I knew nothing. Like I, you know, I think feel like all of us have our agency owner journey and it's like halfway through the mark, you feel like, okay, I just learned some really hard lessons. And then you're like, okay, now I'm ready to start my agency, even though you're halfway through. But, you know, you kind of get this. And I remember her telling me, I asked her, she got this huge account, like huge. And I was kind of like envious. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a huge account. What did you do when you got that account? She goes, well, we had to continue to grow. I had to go get another big account. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. You didn't have to go get another big account. She goes, yeah, because if I didn't continue to grow, that would never scale and it would actually kill us because I had one gorilla and now I had to go get another gorilla. And I had to go get another gorilla and I had to go get another gorilla. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that taught me so much. It scared me first because I was like, oh, like you're shooting for that big (laughs) client. You get it. And you can't even, she goes, I couldn't even celebrate for five minutes. Like you pop the champagne, 
And then you're yep. on to the next one. And yeah. I was like, what do you mean? You can't hang out there for five minutes? And in reality, you can't. You have to, you get that one, you're next. Your pipeline can never be empty. You have to be out there constantly talking to your pipeline. And I loved what you said. If your client's not on TikTok, then you don't be on TikTok. Like go to where your customers are, go to where your ideal customer is. Literally do some hard work yourself. Go down, write paper, pen to paper. What is it that I want to be as an agency? What is it that I want to do? What do I want this to look like? And then you start to scale. We didn't become the size overnight. It was gradual. And it was, okay, now you close this one. Now it's the next one. Now it's the next one. Now it's the next one. And you just keep building it. And then what are you doing to keep your current clients happy? So that when you're building it, you're keeping your current clients happy while you're also building. And it is, it's paying attention to that scalability. It's paying attention to how you can afford to scale as well. And know when a client starts to become more than 25 to 30% of your AGI, start to look at it and go, okay, now I got to find another one. And I have to find another one. But always keep that pipeline full. Marianne, awesome advice. Simple advice. Not necessarily yeah, not easy. Science. Not easy, it's but it's, it's pretty simple yeah. and clear. So this has been a lot of fun. Do you have a couple minutes to stick around for our lightning round? Sure. What is the best advice you've ever received? Um, I will say, oh, best advice I've ever received. Well, always be true to yourself and always know where your limits are. Know your values, know your limits, always. Always be true to yourself. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I would say routine. And um, blo- I, I'm a big believer in block scheduling, but routine and making sure you stick to your routine is a huge part. It's making... Busy does not mean you're productive. But productivity is what you should shoot for. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you think our listeners would find valuable? I am big on reading. So um, I'm trying to remember which app it is that I use that it gives me a subscription and nuggets of books. And then I'm also big on meditation. So find a meditation app that is like calming. It doesn't, not like full, just meditation on positive thoughts and gratitude. Calm is a great app. That's a great app. And what book would you recommend? Never Eat Alone. It's one of my favorite books. That and Radical Candor. Very nice. We will link out to Radical Candor as well as Never Eat Alone on our show notes at yougurus.com forward slash podcast as well as Calm. And uh, make sure you get an app like that to stay calm and focused (laughs) and centered. Uh, as well as lots of other good takeaways, nuggets, tips from today's episode. If you're listening to this week of, you can click on, uh, go to yougurus.com forward slash podcast. You'll see a picture of of Marianne at the very top of that page. Click on her and you'll see all of those awesome nuggets, takeaways for your, your enjoyments. Marianne, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency, just text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. That's the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.